0: Matthew sixteen verse twenty one is where we're going to start. matthew sixteen twenty one from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes to be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what if a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom." Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this service. Lord, we thank you for what you've done already. Lord, you're a good God and a merciful Savior. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to preach this morning. Lord, help us to understand your word. Make it clear to us. And Lord, I pray that you'd touch hearts today. I don't know the needs that are here, but you do, Lord. And Lord, we pray that if there's someone that doesn't know you, I pray they'd come to you to know you today before it's too late. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. So this is one of several places in the Bible, in the Gospels, where Jesus... Made it crystal clear he said that he was going to die on and, and here he doesn 't mention the cross, but other places he does uh, he 's going to die, and he 's going to raise again on the third day. Jesus said this ahead of time this wasn 't something you will hear people say that you know this kind of snuck up on Jesus or it was a series of unfortunate events or something like that, or or Judas finally trapped him uh, in a place where he would be none of that is true because the Lord knew it was coming Jesus sole purpose of coming to this earth was to die on the cross for our sins it was not an accident it was on purpose that was the plan because he wanted to give his life for you and me so that we could have eternal life and forgiveness of sins in him, so uh, Peter you know he 's usually the one in the Gospels he speaks before he thinks, he just kind of blurts things out. you know if you know people like that, that was peter and and before uh, Jesus was really kind of done saying it he rebukes him and what he's doing he's rebuking the very plan of salvation saying lord you can't do that lord lord that's not what you're going to do and that's why jesus uh then in turn rebukes him so severely and says get thee behind me Satan!" because you think about that if jesus wouldn't have went to the cross all of god's plan uh it would not have been fulfilled so he's saying hey this is my entire purpose But that's not what I want to focus on, that part. I want to focus on what comes next, starting verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And before we really dig into this verse, we have to remember these, the people that he is talking to, these were Jews living under Roman rule and Roman authority. Uh, So they knew what the cross was. See, we have crosses, they're decorations. You know, you may have a cross necklace. You've got uh, maybe crosses decorating your house that are pretty, right? The cross was not pretty to them. It was the Roman way of slowly, painfully torturing somebody to death. That's what it was. And they they would do that to put fear uh, into people's hearts because you knew if you went against Rome, you would be the next one on a cross. And they'd put them, uh, you know, like this is a bigger road. They would line this road with crosses so that way if you're going by, you would see them. And on the top, it would have the offense, right? Just like Jesus uh, said he was the king of the Jews. That was his offense. It would have said robber. It would have said someone uh, starting a riot or treason or whatever whatever they did would be on that so you'd go by and be reminded over and over again you better stay in line or you'll be next yeah. so when he is telling them if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me he, they're saying wait a second to follow you where that that's death that's painful death that's what you're talking about I believe if Jesus were telling us this today, in our culture today, he would have said, let him deny himself and walk down death row and follow me. That's what we would think of. It's the same thing. So he's not just saying, I want you to give up a couple things, or I want you to, you know, do a little few inconveniences or, or things like that, or, or, you know, maybe, you know, when we try to improve our finances, if any of you tried to do that, probably now that things are a little more expensive, right? What do you do? We'll all cut back on this. We'll cut back on that. We'll try to save here and there. Jesus is not talking about little changes like that. He's saying, if you want to follow me, it's not little changes in your life, little modifications. He's saying, I want you to deny yourself and not just deny yourself, not just take away everything. He says, I want you to pick up your cross. Yeah, That's what he's saying. It means a lot. But here's the thing, this is not easy. Complete surrender is not easy. It's it's something you can say, but uh, doing it with your entire life is not easy. But guess what? It becomes a little easier as we grow closer to the Lord, as we trust the Lord, as we see that God is making good for uh, uh, on everything He said He would. As you trust Him more, it is a little easier to deny yourself. But again, it's something we have to do over and over again. Yeah. Verse 25, look what he says. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Do you realize this is the complete opposite of what the world would say? And a complete opposite of anything that would come natural or anything else. So uh, this is still, uh, uh, where, what is the world obsessed with right now? The here and now, the present. What are we doing today? And guess what else? This world is seeking to preserve life every way they can, aren't they? Every way that what we can, every way that we can uh, invent something to live longer, every medical advance, every diet—I I get ads all the time where it's like, if you eat this and not that, and this and not that, and and here we found this super fruit and this and that and the other. Why are they doing all this? They want to continue living as long as they can. Yeah. And Jesus is saying the opposite right here for Christian people: whosoever shall will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And I think it's one of those things, this world has a grip on our life. And as we as we release that, as that grip gets released and it has less of a hold, you will see things change and you will see what will happen. Your own desires will start to decrease and his desires will start to increase in your life. You will, you will find more joy in doing things for the Lord than for yourself. And this is not where I want us to become a monk and, and, and live a, a alone and everything else. This is one of the things of dying for self. That's what he's saying right here. We can gain life by losing it. And if we stopped right there, that would make no sense, would it? Right? How can you gain life by losing life? And if we had no illustration, it would be hard. But remember, we just talked about the cross right? There's no greater illustration of uh, gaining life by losing life than on the cross of Calvary where Jesus Christ gave his life. You know, he was saying, I'm going to start a kingdom. Uh, I'm going to change this world. I'm going to save those that are lost. I'm going to heal the sick and everything else and I'm going to do it by the cross and there's Peter rebuking him saying no, you're not Lord. Right? No, you're not. He's saying yes. He conquered death, hell, and the grave by dying you and I and thou someone that is conquered all that and gained eternal life through through death for us can then turn to us and say whosoever so lose uh, will lose his life for my sake shall find it we can trust in him it makes no sense but neither did the cross until we saw the results but I think this takes a huge amount of faith For us to trust everything that we do for the Lord uh, and be rewarded later on when this life is over. See, here's the problem. We can't see the other side. I I can't look and see what happens after death. I can't bring somebody back and interview them and figure out what happens after death. So the only one we can trust is the one that died and came back to life who will tell us what will happen after this life. You don't have to trust me. Trust Jesus Christ who died and rose again on the third day. He's the one. He's the one. But do we really trust it? Do we really believe it? Because again, like I've said, we we can believe it with our mouth and we can say things really easily. But are we are we believing it with our life? And here's a question, too. When you're thinking about losing his life for my sake and picking up the cross and things like that, you start to ask yourself questions. I've asked these from time to time. Is it really worth it? Is it worth it coming in on Sundays and and Wednesday evenings? Is it uh, it worth the preparation time, right, and and preaching or doing a class or something like that? Is it worth the time coming in and cleaning and mowing and getting things fixed on the church? Is it worth all of those things? Is it worth the money that we give? Because, you know, you could use the money in other places. Are all these things worth it? And see, this world would say, no, you're spending way too much energy and time and effort doing things for God when you should be doing it for yourself and here's the thing if all we had was the world all you had was my opinion then yeah it wouldn't be a waste but we've got God we've got the truth and he is telling us through his word the Bible says is it worth it yes Amen. yes Amen. but here's the results for the world in verse 26 for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world And lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in in exchange for his soul? Jesus is asking two questions. And here he's asking. Think of the richest man, woman on this earth. uh, When they close their eyes in death. If they've never trusted Jesus Christ for salvation. We know what's going to happen. See on this side. They're going to take all that wealth. And they're going to split it up right? They're going to do whatever the will says, the trust, everything else. Other people are going to get it. They'll have a real nice memorial service. You know, the more popular somebody is, the more powerful they are, the bigger the service, the more people will come, uh, you know, and pay respects and everything. Uh, Hey, some people are so powerful and great and everything else, they get buildings and streets and everything else named after them, right? That's what happens when these rich, powerful people die. But then what happens? They close their eyes in death without Jesus Christ. They'll open their eyes in hell being in torments. That's what Jesus told us. He gave us an example of a rich man. So you think about that. Going from every luxury and every comfort that you could ever know in an instant to pain and flames and torment. But the Bible says weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gone is the butler that would come and get them whatever they need. Gone is the chef that would cook whatever. Gone is the maid. Gone is all those things. The wine cellar, the collections, everything else. All the things that they had and they loved that they worked so hard or Or maybe corruptly gained whatever. Uh, All those things gone in an instant and replaced with hell. That's what he's saying. And he's asking a question. See he's asking a question before the person gets there. What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Well actually no he's asking the one afterward. If you could pull them back and ask them that question. What would they say? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? For a couple decades of extravagance? Was it worth it? And then giving up your whole soul for eternity? No. No! You know why? So many are going down this road is because the devil's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. He hates us. And he works every day to try to convince men and women to lose their own soul for the pursuit of something that may never even happen. Or maybe even to gain something they can only temporarily have. That's what he does. Just to gain a little bit of money and stuff. Because here's the problem. We're asking the one that gained the whole world. And, and it's not worth it for them, right? To exchange eternity without God for the whole world. It's not worth it for them. What about you? You haven't gained the whole world. And let me tell you one thing. You probably won't. All right? I'll just make it plain to you. You can fight and claw your whole life. Maybe you get out of the rat race. Maybe you make it a little better than somebody else, but the question still stands for you. Are you giving that in exchange for your soul? Yeah. Are you putting that above Jesus Christ? Do you want that instead of what the Lord has for you? See, we can ask someone who did gain the whole world. King Solomon, near the end of his life, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He'd had wisdom and riches beyond anyone that's ever lived. Uh, and he, uh, at the end, he reigned in a time of peace and luxury. He could fulfill every lust, every desire. He had everything he wanted. Uh, nothing was held back from him. And in the end, he said, all is vanity. That's what we have in Ecclesiastes 1.1. All is vanity. That means empty, temporary unsatisfying. If King Solomon tried it all and had it all and turned around and said it was all in vain then why don't we take his word for it? Instead of trying to believe the devil and trying to, his deception right? That's what he's trying to do. Who are you going to believe? Because a life lived without the Lord and without his will is empty temporary and unsatisfying. That's what it is. But guess what? To believe that, you've got to trust God more than you trust the world, right? More than you trust the devil. That's the question. Who are we going to trust? So that's the results for the world. For what if a man profited if he gained his whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? But I like verses 27 and 28 way better. This is the result for the Christian. This is the result for someone who has trusted in Jesus Christ. Uh, so we talked about the worldly sinner. Uh, but now look at the other group. Uh, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he shall reward every man according to, unto his works. Uh, verily I say unto you, there be, uh, be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So he's saying, hey, there's another group. There's a group that did come to Jesus Christ for salvation. There is a group that took up their own cross, that were willing to walk down death row uh, to follow Jesus' will. There's a group that did give up their life for him and say, Lord, wherever you lead me, I want to go. That group, he says, for the Son of Man, not maybe, he shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he maybe reward? No, he shall reward every man according to this. Uh, According to his works. Guess what? You could ask Google later today. I want to know all the riches in this world. Right? I want to know if you take every dollar and every country and add it up together, every pound of gold and precious metals, every diamond, everything that's worth anything in this entire earth. You could probably ask Google and it'll tell you how much it is. And it'll probably be an extraordinary figure if we could add it all up, all of those things and give a figure. I'm here to tell you that it pales in comparison to one word in verse 27. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. You could have the whole world. And I'm here to tell you that one word reward. It's far greater. Far greater. Can you imagine as a Christian person standing before Jesus Christ? The verse says in all of his glory with all of his angels around. And imagine the books opened and there is a faithful and true record of everything that you've done for the Lord by faith everything you've done correctly, everything you've done according to His will, everything we've done for the right intentions, all of those things are written down and they open that book and start to look at every record of when we've trusted the Lord. Everything. Remember what I said before. Every time you witness to someone who's lost, every time you gave, every time you taught, every time you sang, every time you cleaned, every time you pulled the trash can out there, every time you've done anything for the Lord, Whether it be small or whether it be great. You took some time to help one of these children. All of those things. What's he saying? Reward, 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 reward. I can't add it up to you, but I can't tell you what it looks like. But I can tell you he's already told us if you could add up everything in this whole world and all of its riches, it won't compare to it. That's what he's saying right there every time you've denied yourself, every time you took up your cross and followed Jesus, he said there you shall receive a reward. It's a guarantee. Nothing in this life is guaranteed. Right. Outside of the Lord, outside of God's word, outside of his promises, nothing's guaranteed. Right. And If you don't believe that, you're silly. I'll sell you some lakefront property, right? Or oceanfront property right behind my house, Right? And we think that's funny, but the devil, he offers things just as ridiculous. That's right. You know what he offered Jesus Christ? He told Jesus Christ, who created this earth, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this earth. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? That's right. He's already in charge. Amen. He's gonna to try to offer you things that are just as ridiculous. And we say, no, I've got a better, I've got a better offer. I've got a better deal. Now, one of the things is it's delayed. You don't get it right now. We want right now, don't we? Right? When you get when, when you work, you want the paycheck, right? And quickly. You don't wanna to have to wait. Uh, when when we do something, we want a reward really quickly. But he's saying, Hey, you gotta trust me. Yeah, right. You gotta trust me. I am coming back and my reward is with me. But Jesus... After telling them in in Luke 12, Jesus was telling the disciples that they always need to be ready as a servant because his return would be at an hour when you think not. So Peter then asks a follow-up question. He's saying, Lord, basically, is this a parable? What are you talking about when you say, you know, when you talk about a servant being ready at an hour when you think not at an unknown time? What do you mean, Lord? This is what the Lord answered Peter in Luke 12, 43 and 44. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So what he's saying right there, Jesus is saying, blessed is the servant that's doing what? What the master told him to do, right? When when the master comes at an unknown time, it is a blessing to the master when he sees his servant doing what he's supposed to do. How many of you have managed people, supervised people before? Yeah, okay. Okay. What happens when you come when they don't expect it, and they're not doing what they're supposed to do? You happy about that? No. No. Let me ask you this question. Is the Lord happy about it? No. But he is when he finds you doing it. And I don't know when he's coming, and that's part of it. You gotta be ready at all times. We don't know. And the Lord tells him over and over again. Uh, he uses these metaphors and illustrations. The master's gone away to a far country. Uh, the, the servant he's gone away. The servant is left with things to do, and he would come back at an unknown time. And as soon as he came back, he would take a uh, you know, they would take an account. What have you done? What have you not done? So blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing of a truth. I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all he hath. That's Jesus saying that. What does that mean? I don't know. Jesus, he'll make him a ruler over all he hath. What does he have? He created the stars, the planets. The one we're standing on, the oceans, the mountains, the beauty, everything amazing about this earth that we haven't uh, ruined already. He made all of that. And he's telling us that Jesus is saying, I'll give you a reward. I'll make you ruler over all I have. I'll do these things for you. I'm telling you it is much greater than every all the riches of this world. But now it's decision time, isn't it? Two roads, two roads. Number one, this is talking to... uh, Number one, you have to... Your salvation, your sins. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short of God's standard. Every one of us. But He died for the sins of the world. So the good thing is, if you trust in His death and resurrection on the cross, paying the price for your sins, you can call on His name for salvation. Once you've taken care of that... And you're now saved. Your sins are forgiven. Then the question is, am I going to pick up my cross? Am I going to do what he's called me to do? Or do I want to try to gain the riches of this world just like the world's doing? Right? Don't want to try that. No, I I don't want to serve the Lord. I, I don't care that the Lord, he told Jeremiah, I made you with the plan and calling in mind that I have for you. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. That's what he told Jeremiah. He said, hey, I've ca- I knew you before you were born. I-, I called you. I sanctified you. I set you apart for a certain thing. He's done that for all of us. He has made us a certain way for what he has called us to do, his plan for our lives, and we could either drop that and pick up what the world has or pick up what we have, or we could pick up the cross and do his will. Yes, amen. Which one? Which one? Because the reward is delayed, but the judgment is delayed in the negative as well. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school. You go against Jesus Christ, you're not going to be struck down by a lightning bolt, but you will have to stand before him one day. And he won't be your friend, your pal or anything else that people say, oh, oh, Jesus knows who, what I am. I, it drives me crazy. I hear things, especially social media, it's horrible for this. They'll say, oh, well, Jesus understands the way I live. He understands that I can do this and that. No, he doesn't. He died for that. That's right. He died a slow, painful death on the cross for that. So what are we going to do? We're going to go for the temporary maybe reward down here or for the guaranteed eternal reward in heaven. What will it be? Uh, the parallel passage of this in Luke nine twenty three: if any man will come after him, after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke adds the word daily. Uh, so he's saying this. It means it's a daily choice. You may have picked up your cross yesterday, set it down today. You need to pick it up today. And what happens when tomorrow comes? You got to choose again. Uh, which way remember Joshua said choose you the stay whom you'll serve and Joshua said for me and my house we're serving the Lord but we got to make that choice every day what's it going to be Amen. what's it going to be and I was thinking about this I, I'm pumped because for many things we've had answered prayers we've had all kinds of wonderful things uh lately but I'm telling you I am uh I am Probably this afternoon we'll finish reading through the Bible another time. And I know that Revelation 22 is coming and it excites me Amen. to read the very end. And this is what Jesus says, Revelation twenty-two twelve: 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Yeah. That's the last thing he wanted us to know. Right. I'm coming back. Yeah. Coming Amen. back. And my reward is with me. Every passage that talks about the return talks about Him bringing the reward. Yeah. Every one of them. That's no mistake. That's right. It's no mistake. But hey, I can't talk you into anything. I can't talk you out of it. I can't try to convince you with logic or reasoning or anything else. God has to talk to your heart. And maybe He is today. Maybe He's speaking to you and saying, you know what? You used to carry that cross. You used to deny yourself, but you don't anymore. We talked about this Wednesday night. I am tired. I don't know about you. I am tired of the stories of how great church was. Yesterday, Last year, a decade ago, earlier in my childhood, I am tired of the stories of how God moved in a great way in the past. God is still the same. All we need to do is trust him and say, Lord, you're the same God that could move today. You can can use me today. You can work through us today. You can bring revival today. Do you believe that? And I tell you what, if you believe it, pick up the cross. Do what he's called you to do, and let's move forward. We're together. I'm here to tell you, we don't have much time left because either we're leaving this world in death or he's taking us home. One way or another, there's not a whole lot of time left. This world is working overtime to get people to chase after things that won't satisfy, that won't help and that will just lead to their destruction. Amen? Amen. You see it everywhere around you. Suicides everywhere. Waking up dead in hotel rooms and everything else. I am sick of it. The only thing that will stop it is salvation, a change of the heart. Amen. Bless you, brother. And I don't care how deep they are in the world. I don't care how deep you are in the world. That's right. Jesus Christ died for you, and he could change you today. Glory yeah. to no 10-step program. You come to him today. He'll give you a new start, a new Amen. life. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.